Information shared on the following program is for general information purposes only. It does not constitute legal, tax, investment, or other advice, nor is it intended to recommend any particular investments, products, or financial instruments. Always seek advice from your financial advisor, attorney, or accountant with regard to investment, legal, or tax questions. Hey everyone, America's favorite financial sidekick, Aaron Orender here, and I got a riddle for you. All right, here it goes. If all the world's wealth was evenly distributed to all the world's people, how long would it take for all of the world's wealth to get back into the hands of just a few people? Well, let's see what Tony has to say. Welcome to the only show in the country dedicated to helping savers worry less about money, the Worry-Free Retirement, with your host, nationally recognized retirement specialist and four-time author, Tony Walker. Ever wonder how people become rich? Now, I'm not talking about a few million dollars to their name rich. I'm talking about rich as in wealth that goes beyond the imagination. Wealth that produces so much money to the rich person that the rich person oftentimes can't even spend what they've got. Which does beg the answer to the previous riddle posed by America's favorite financial sidekick, and that is this. With nearly 8 billion, that's with a B, billion people here on planet Earth, it is estimated that roughly one half of all the world's wealth, that would be close to $200 trillion, is currently in the hands, listen to this, of just 1% of the world's population. Let me repeat that. Nearly half of the world's wealth is currently controlled by 1% of the world's people. Now, on the other hand, Nearly half of all God's creation are considered poor. That is, nearly half of the world's population earns less than $6 per day. Now, how can this be? How can there be such a huge disparity between the large number of people who are poor and the few number of people who are mega rich? And more importantly, what can the rest of us working stiffs learn from the 1% so that we don't end up in the poorhouse? Well, Let's find out. Of course, welcome folks to the Worry-Free Retirement. And yes, if you're just now joining us, I am that little man in the sweater vest, wealth prognosticator and fiduciary, Tony Walker. And today, I'm gonna to share with you the magic investment, no, I'm not, to becoming a billionaire. But what I am gonna do is share with you how the billionaires make so much money on our money and how we don't necessarily need to participate and their schemes for building more wealth. But first, let me reintroduce to you the gentleman that uh, opened the show with this riddle who started this whole riddling phase, Mr. Aaron Orander. Good morning, Aaron. Hey, good morning, sir. You know, we've used this riddle before, and when you even kind of say that riddle out loud, it's really not a riddle. I think we're discovering already it's a fact, isn't it? Yeah, it's a fact. And Tony, I just wanted to ask you, so you talk about half of the world's wealth. I don't think you've said exactly how much, maybe not exactly, but roughly how much money is that actually? Okay. Yeah. According to, you know, different surveys and experts, uh, 200 approximately, probably they anywhere from 170 I've seen to 200 trillion. Now that's with a T, Aaron. So let's, okay. let's just, so we can use round numbers. So $200 trillion is in the hands of roughly, I think that works out to be about 50 million people, 1% of the population. 
Wow. You know, you think of our nation's debt, we think that's 30 trillion and climbing, but 200 trillion, that is a lot of money. And I think uh, anybody ought to ask, I mean, even sometimes I have to shake my head, how in the world do people gain so much wealth? I know I uh, talked to a gentleman, he was a pilot, private pilot for a, and he even referred to him as a billionaire. I'll just say the billionaire lived overseas. And I said, yeah, but you're in the United States. I, I don't get that. What does this billionaire do? And he said, well, it's funny, Tony. He will contact me. He has several pilots beside myself. And it kind of goes something like this. He calls me and I'll call him Dave. He'll say, Dave, or somebody, the, the billionaire doesn't call him. His, one of his administrative staff, I guess, does. Uh, Dave, we need you over in Hong Kong. So Dave gets a flight, okay, you know, a commercial flight. They fly him to Hong Kong and there awaits one of the private jets that he has to pick up this billionaire or he grabs that jet and flies it over to Europe or wherever, somewhere in Europe. And that's all he does. And he gets to stay at these nice resorts and he might stay there two days waiting for the billionaire to finish his meeting or whatever he's doing. And if he can't make it, they call on one of their other private pilots. I mean, So they don't just hire any pilot. They no. have specific pilots that they're like, hey, we don't care if he's 4,000 miles away, fly him on a plane yes. over here. Yes. And the guy was, I said, well, does that get old? And he said, not really. He said, because a lot of times they're forking over the money. They'll pay for my wife to fly with me and we'll stay at a resort. And he said, it's awesome. But he said, it just exposed him to this fact that there are some people that have literally more money than they know what to do with. So, hey, more power to them. It's called capitalism, folks. But I think we need to ask ourselves, okay, yeah, maybe we'll, we'll never be billionaires or even multimillionaires or maybe even have millions of dollars at all. But what can we do to learn something from these folks? And more importantly, how can we keep our money safe, secure, be able to use it before it's too late and stay out of the poorhouse? Well, we're going to be talking about that. Some interesting stuff as why the rich get richer and the poor get poor and how you can enjoy this money before it's too late. I'm Tony Walker. You're listening to The Worry-Free Retirement. We'll be right back. With the stock market at all-time highs, our nation's debt through the roof, and inflation racing out of control, now may be the best time to consider safeguarding your money. That's why I'm offering to review your 401k and other retirement accounts to be sure that you aren't taking too much risk and you're not going to run out of money. To set up your free meeting with me, simply log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com and let's get started. Welcome back to The Worry-Free Retirement. I am Tony Walker, and you're listening to The Worry-Free Retirement, and we're talking about why the rich get richer. Uh, Aaron, I know um, with America's favorite financial sidekick, by the way, Aaron Orender. Aaron, I know I've brought this place up before, but this is a good time to bring up my, I guess this was 10 years ago or so, my invitation to attend a conference at a place called the Ocean Reef Resort in Key Largo, Florida. Remember we talked me talking about this place? Yeah, I got a couple homes down there. I know where you're at. <laughs> and, and I got to tell this story again because it is hilarious. But anyway, so I didn't know where I was going, and uh, they paid for the flight, and it was a conference of advisors and, you know, the Ocean Reef Resort. Okay, fine. I looked it up online. I said, yeah, it looks like a nice place to me, whatever. 
So they fly into, I think it was uh, Miami Airport. They have a driver. The driver takes me and my wife, Susan, we, and we head down this real long, narrow road in Key Largo. And I'm thinking, where are we going? Because there's just like marshland all around other than this two-lane road. And uh, it finally, the road stops. There's a traffic, uh, there's a guard shack there with a gate. And you can tell a place to turn around. In other words, probably people go probably down Probably a lot road. of people yeah. going there not intending to go yes. there. Yes, well, yeah. they get there and they ain't going to let them in. So right. they let us in and I drive in and I see all these people riding around in golf carts and fairly nice buildings and some nice homes. And then I see around the corner these humongous yachts. Now, you think Gina, she always talks about her yacht. Hers would look like a little fishing boat compared to these. I mean, these are... 60, 70, 80 foot long yachts. One of them parked there was way over to the side because I guess it couldn't even fit in the... But I, so anyway, so I start walking around this place. I go, what in the world is going on? We're, we're, I've never seen so much money, so much wealth. And after a day or so, I was talking to one of the hired help there, a real nice uh, young man, and we were just talking. I said, who are these people that live here? And he said, well, the joke around the Ocean Reef Resort is this is where the billionaires go to get away from the millionaires. So, you know, they had their own landing strip. They had the two golf courses. And I realized just there is another world of wealth out there that's really kind of incomprehensible. So most people listening to this show, including yours truly, don't have that kind of wealth. So what is it about wealth? How do some people, how do this, if you're just now joining us, we're talking about how 1% of the world's population controls about half of the world's wealth. And the riddle posed by Aaron was, okay, if all the world's wealth was distributed to all the world's people, uh, the assumption is all that wealth would get right back in the hands of a few people. And I think it would because it's obvious that it already has. I mean, the wealth just didn't get there overnight. It happened over time and that the poor really are getting poor. In fact, uh, you know, roughly half of the world's population is what we would consider poor. So who are these wealthy people? How do they make money? And what can we learn from this 1%? Well, first of all, let's talk about, I'll use this analogy, Aaron. I know on the TV show we're working on right now, Louisville's uh, most laid back graphics artist is working on a graphic to help us share this. So, oh, by the way, if you haven't watched the TV show, Aaron, tell folks how you can watch the TV show and also watch past episodes of our television show, The Worry-Free Retirement. Yeah, no problem. So folks, if you wanna watch past episodes of The Worry-Free Retirement, it is really, really easy to do. All you gotta do is get online and go to youtube.com. That's youtube.com. And right up there in the search bar, you just gotta type in Tony Walker Financial. Hit search, and there you go. You'll see Tony's smiling face. Just click on that and you're gonna find all our past TV episodes. Okay, thank you, Aaron. So what we did, as I thought about it, I said, really, if you were driving into a large major city, any major city, um, and you'll notice, you know, for the most part, there's some big buildings, but have you ever noticed this, Aaron? There's usually larger buildings protruding above the others. You right. know, it's, it looks like it's maybe 10% of the building or what we would call most skyscrapers or very large, tall buildings, 20, 30-story buildings. Uh, we're recording this show on... December 1st, 2021, and in, you know, in our Louisville studios. In Louisville, Kentucky, it would be that way, right? If you drive into downtown Louisville, there's, yeah. there's some tall buildings, but a lot of them are not so tall. So whose names are on these big buildings? Well, let's talk about the five different entities, if you will, whose names would be slapped on the side of these big buildings. And the first one we would say would be the names of banks. Would you agree with that, Aaron? When you go to a big city, there's Bank of America, Bank this, Bank that. Okay, so... 
So obviously they're making some money because they got a big old building there. The next big building you would see is probably that of an insurance company. Um, I deal with a lot of insurance companies. The largest per capita area of the country, Aaron, that has the most insurance companies, I bet you'll never guess this. What city do you think that's in? Largest per capita number of insurance companies located in one city. I mean, for some reason, my mind immediately goes to like New York City Absolutely. or something. That's what I would say. That's what I would say, New York no. City. Des Moines, Iowa. Des Moines, Iowa. <laughs> oh my gosh, they're everywhere. Wow. A lot of big buildings out there. So insurance companies, number two. Number three would be Wall Street. The J.P. Morgans of the world, the Merrill Lynch's of the world, controlling a lot, a lot of money, making a lot, a lot of money. So that third building that would be rising above all other buildings would be those run and controlled by Wall Street. The fourth type of building that would be protruding above it, and this might surprise people a little bit, are government buildings. You ever thought about that? Okay. You ever seen how large some of these huge government courthouses and, you know, we have large administrative buildings, the IRS, all these, you know, huge buildings. And you got to ask yourself, well, the government really doesn't manufacture anything. I mean, they, they, how do they get this money? And uh, we'll talk about that. And then finally, the last party in the equation, would we would just call them large, large corporations, for lack of a better word. Um, I'll use examples. Amazon. You know how many buildings they have, Aaron? I mean, right. that, that's not a bank. I think they have three just here in Louisville. Oh, yeah. They're <laughs> huge, and they're huge. Uh, so large, large manufacturing facilities. I know we work with some folks over in Georgetown at Toyota. You know, huge facilities. We work with people for G. I mean, you can go on and on. Uh, UPS. We have a lot of UPS folks. Huge facilities here, which, again, more power to them. That's capitalism, folks. But the, the major theme... The common denominator running through all five of those humongous entities is they've learned the secret to this, and it's called OPM, or learning how to use other people's money. So what I thought I would do, this is going to be pretty interesting, because at this point, most people say, well, yeah, I guess I get that, Tony. I mean, I give my money to them. You know, the banks, those are called deposits. Uh, insurance companies, I give them my money through what's called premiums. Uh, Wall Street, I give them my money and they take fees on my money and transaction costs on my money. Um, the, the government, obviously, we give money through taxes or I might give the money to the government through loans as I buy their government bonds, etc. And then finally, corporations, we give them our money. Amazon's a good one. You know how much money was probably spent from on Amazon over the, through this pandemic as everybody's sitting around their boxer shorts <laughs> on their mobile devices? You know who bought a lot of stuff online from Amazon? Guess who? My lovely wife, uh, Susan. Susan. Yeah. Yeah. It's like every day I'm thinking, Susan, what is this? Oh, don't worry about it. And I'm like, okay. That's another thing, fellas. When your wife gets on a spending spree, don't say a word. Just let it go. Okay. You, you, I've learned that lesson. But nevertheless, a lot of revenue during the pandemic flowed into certain entities, certain large corporations who benefited from the fact that people were home. Um, the uh, what was it somebody was talking about the other day oh talking about the price of uh, the stock of uh, chipotle you know chipotle had this thing figured out already and people were ordering online because you couldn't go in restaurants i mean their stock prices went through the roof because of revenue so it still requires the flow of money or other people's money for people to get very very wealthy on our money so what I thought I would do is I'm going to just pick on uh, one, one entity. Uh, we'll, we'll take banks, for instance. And by the way, for those of you who are in the banking industry, I'm not trying to get on you. I'm not being critical of banks. 
But let's look at the facts and why banks are so lucrative, especially right now with these low interest rates. All right. So you ready, Aaron? You ready for this example? Let's go. Okay. So Aaron, I'll, I'll imagine you're our depositor. So you've got $1,000. You with me so far? You've given me $1,000. I gave got you $1,000. <laughs> so, and then later on, you'll wake up from this dream. So I got anyway, you. I got yeah, you. But okay. yeah, we're dreaming now. That's fine. We're dreaming. I like this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, just give me a million dollars then if we're dreaming. Give me 40 million. I'm kidding. Let's stick with a thousand. Okay, thousand. So you walk down the local bank and you hand over the thousand dollars in a savings account and they promise you 1% and uh, they're going to give you back how much in interest on that thousand dollars? They're going to give me 1%. That's a hundred, ten, ten dollars, ten dollars, yeah, ten dollars, not ten percent, yeah, ten dollars. Yeah, that's fine. A whopping ten dollars and that's okay. That's what they promised you. The money's safe and secure. You're happy with that. Here's the real question. It was the same question Jed Clampett had in the Beverly Hillbillies when he would always go into Mr. Drysdale and wanted all of his money out of the bank. Now, Mr. Clampett, here's a hobby that's worth anybody's time, collecting money. Drysdale, <laughs> if there's one thing I don't need, it's more money. The whole problem is that money is not at the bank. That thousand dollars, and this is, and again, I'm not trying to get complicated, folks, but this is really important to understand this. Under what's called the fractional reserve system, that bank, Aaron, is allowed to take your $1,000 and leverage it, remember that key word, and go borrow from other banks up to $9 on your dollar of deposit. So that means all of a sudden, if they wanted to, they could borrow $9,000 total. So you've only got $1,000, so none of this is their money, right? It's depositors' money. So from other banks, they borrow, not, they borrow the money from other banks, so now they have $9,000. They turn around and they can loan that out to, let's say, nine other individuals. And let's say one of those individuals is you. Maybe you've got a car loan. You with me so far? Okay. So let's take nine individuals who now borrow $1,000 each, but their interest rate is 3%. That's what the bank's going to charge them. You gave them one, and let's say you're one of those nine, and you've got a car loan at three. So think what you're doing here. You gave them the money. They're only paying you one but you're gonna borrow your own money back and pay them back 3%. Does this sound like a pretty good deal for you or for them? So I'm only making one, but they're making three. So they're- On your same money. On my, on my money. Correct. So they're making 2% more than I am, basically. Bingo. Okay. With your money. With my money. It's not even money that they no. chipped in. No. It's money so that I gave them, and it's not like it's just sitting there collecting dust and interest. There you go. Yeah, it's not locked in the vault. Okay, it's not locked in the vault. So that's called OPM. So in that example, they used other people's money, which was Aaron's. They turned around under the fractional reserve system and loaned out $9 against that $1 deposit. And they found nine people, just like Aaron, who were willing to borrow money from them and pay the bank back 3%. So on that amount of money, obviously they're going to pay you $10, but if they're making 3% on nine different people borrowing $1,000, that's $270 in interest they make. They pay you $10 in interest for your original 1,000. So they made, on that transaction, other people's money, $260 with other people's money. So they made over 25% on my money that wasn't even their money. If yes. I gave them $1,000, 25% it. would be 250. They made 260. Correct. So they made over 25% on my money in one that year. they didn't put a single penny into. That's right, in one year. And they do that over and over and over. So, and again, folks, in a sense, other people do this, but the bank has a huge advantage because they can borrow so much money. And now you know why 
they're making so much money and so lucrative right now because the interest rates are so low. But we got a problem, Aaron. With interest rates so low, these interest rates need to really go back up for various reasons economically, but we can't because we've got so much debt now. So now we got a problem. If the government, if we owe the government back, uh, you know, the government owes us rather three, $30 trillion in debt and climbing and a social security system that's very questionable. If the Federal Reserve raises interest rates, let's say they raise them to 3%, so all of us savers can earn more money at the bank, how in the world is the government going to afford 3% interest on 30 trillion, you have to switch the table. See how much, see how expensive that becomes? Yeah. See the difference between 1% and 3%? So unfortunately you just borrow more and more and you just get deeper and deeper. It's, it. it's, an, it's a never ending cycle. Gotcha. So folks, what that means to you is number one, these are things you cannot control. But when I come back, I'm gonna share with you the things you can control in dealing with banks, insurance companies, Wall Street, and the government, and yes, even these large corporations who need our money to survive. You're listening to The Worry-Free Retirement. I'm Tony Walker. I'll be right back. Have you recently retired, been laid off, or offered a pension buyout? Has the company you work for moved, been acquired, or closed its doors forever? And finally, do you have a 401k with a previous employer you'd like to move to safer territory? Then take advantage of this opportunity to move your 401k or lump sum pension to Tony Walker Financial. Let's meet in person to discuss your retirement options. Log on now to TonyWalkerFinancial.com to schedule your free, no obligation appointment. Let us help you today. With the stock market at all-time highs and our nation's debt through the roof, there's a lot of uncertainty out there. Now may be the best time to safeguard more of your 401k. Let's get started today by logging on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com. Welcome back, folks. America's favorite financial sidekick, Aaron Orner here. And Tony, I know you got a lot to cover, but I just wanted to throw this TNT at you and see what you thought about this. Okay. It goes on and says, Tony, years ago, I attended a dinner seminar and decided to move my money to the advisor hosting it, an advisor who owned the company. Since I handed over my money to his company, I've never seen him again. And now I have to visit with an advisor who doesn't seem to know me or care about what I want. It appears that this advisor is growing to a size where he can no longer service my needs. Why is this? And that's a great question. And I see this more and more. So let's, let's understand the advisory world. Cause we didn't mention advisors earlier. We talked about the big companies. So an advisor such as us, Tony Walker financial, I'm a fiduciary. I have three salaried fiduciaries here at Tony Walker financial, but any advisor has to make a decision somewhere along the, the way. If they are trying to grow their business, which that's one of my goals here at Tony Walker Financial, there's only two things you can do, two ways to grow the business. You either one, which is apparently what this owner of this business did, is you create as many locations, transactions, anything you can do to grow it, and you hire more and more advisors to then step in and service what you sell. In other words, the advisor is so busy growing the practice that there's no way they can do both. They're gonna to have to hire more advisors. And what happens is a lot of people will get with an original advisor. They're nowhere to be found. They can't locate them. 
and they're stuck with maybe underlings that sometimes don't know a lot about money or care about them. I mean, they're not the ones that brought you to the dance and you're wondering, hey, that's not what I signed up for. Who's this person working with me now? What happened to the owner? Well, the owner is not going to be able to service all those people because they're so focused on growth. And, and usually that owner's objective, Aaron, quite frankly, is to eventually sell that company. You, you see why? Because you're building it up. They're wanting the revenue. They're a corporation. They need other people's money to grow their company so one day they can sell it and walk away with a lot of money, which is fine. Okay, but you're not going to get a lot of personal service from an owner who's doing that. That's impossible. Now, what is the approach we've taken at Tony Walker Financial? As we've grown, I've tried to limit our locations. Currently, we're in Bowling Green, Louisville, and Lexington, and that's pretty much it. That's about all I can do to service those three locations because I want to continue to stay in touch and meet with my clients. I have an open door policy. Uh, even though we've got nearly 3,000 clients, I tell the staff, if anybody calls who's a client and needs to meet with me, you book the appointment, no questions asked. And my clients love that. They love the fact that they've got somebody with 37 years of experience who will continue to meet with them at any time. So folks, if that's you right now and you're thinking, yeah, uh, man, I, I'm worried about that, Tony. I don't know if my advisor is going to be around. I've been to one of these dinner seminars. I don't know who these people are. I want an organization where the owner is engaged daily with his or her clients and is going to be there for me if I need them. Well, if that's you. If you're looking for that type of advisor, please log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com, TonyWalkerFinancial.com, or give us a call at 877-499-WALK. Be happy to talk to you. Okay, in our closing minutes, I promised you I was going to give you some great information to get more control over your money and to not necessarily fall into this trap of just handing it over to these various institutions that are living on OPM. What do you, the way you do that, folks, this is the big, this is the big miss, mystery out there. The way you do this, if you're a saver, is not by risking your money and trying to grow it. That's a portion of what you might want to do, but savers don't like a lot of risk. Remember, risk and reward are traveling companions. The more risk you take, the more you could lose. So if you're a saver and you want to play it safe, here's what you have to do. You ready? Let's, uh, Aaron, let's give a long drum roll here, please. Here's the answer. You have to attack costs. So let's go back to these four, the four main financial institutions or entities, banks, insurance companies, Wall Street, and the government. And what costs are taking money out of your pocket? Banks, that would be the interest you're paying them for loans, which that's why in retirement, we try to minimize debt as much as we can for our saver clients or eliminate it entirely. We don't want any interest paid to banks in retirement. Number two, that would be the fees charged by Wall Street. Folks, many of you don't even know what you're being charged. They won't tell you or they hide it and bury it. We don't do that at Tony Walker Financial. To manage your money through our Charles Schwab platform, we charge a whopping eight-tenths of one percent, usually about half, sometimes a third of what many money managers charge. So we want to minimize fees so that you'll have more money working for you. The third thing is premiums charged by insurance companies. And this does include annuities, by the way, folks. Uh, many of you are buying annuities and life insurance, and you don't realize that some of these products are not suited for the plan. That's because most of you don't have a plan. You're just out buying products, and you don't realize that the premiums you're paying to the insurance companies, the charges they're making on some of these contracts and annuities you're purchasing, are eroding your wealth. And then finally, as we think about the financial institutions out there, we have to talk about the government. 
Again, we have to understand that with $30 trillion in debt, that's going to go, you realize, Aaron, this last bill of this de definitely gets signed into law. I think they're estimating close to two to three trillion. I mean, I, they, some people don't even, they can't even quantify it. It's so huge. But obviously, it's going to be over $30 trillion in debt. And with no sight of paying this back or no way to pay it back, my theory is, and I've done this a long time, folks, and I'm watching Congress very closely, these latest bills they're looking at passing all deal with taxing more and more of your 401k and IRA. Right now they're going after the wealthy. We've been talking about the wealthy, but whenever they go after the wealthy, that just means the next stop is usually coming after the little guys like us. So my concern is all of you out there with all this money tied up in these 401ks and IRAs and lump sum pensions that have not been taxed yet. I call it the tax tumor that you are going to get your lunch eaten at some point down the road. Because to me, the only way, the only way they're going to be able to pay this debt back is through raising taxes and going after this money that has not been taxed yet. That's right, your 401k and your IRA. So if you're sitting there saying, Tony, I, this all sounds wonderful, and I, yeah, I need a game plan, and no, I know I'm not going to be a multimillionaire or billionaire, but I want to attack these costs. I want to keep more money in my pocket and learn to use other people's money that I'm giving them now and get it back so that I can enjoy this money and the fruits of my labor before it's too late. If you'd like to find out more about us or if you'd like to talk with me by phone or meet with me in person, listen closely. There is no cost or obligation to do so. All you got to do is log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com, TonyWalkerFinancial.com. Click on that Let's Get Started button. Or if you like, just call us at 877 499 9255. That's 877 walk Well, we hope you've enjoyed today's program. We'll look forward to talking to you next week. But you remember, between now and then, if all else fails, you be worry-free. Make it a good one.